0: So I, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones in that I was unable to actually watch this game live in its entirety. Um, I, uh, my kids and I and my wife went out to Assateague Island to look at the ponies and hang out in the sunshine. And it was beautiful and nice. It was a lot of driving, but um, we, we detoured on our way back up through Delaware and around the bay um which which takes a little bit longer and i managed to listen to the atlanta united broadcast feed for the first half and then it cut out at halftime and i was like that's fine <laughs> i don't need to to hear anything else and then i get got home and it's like oh well that was a good decision on my part um don't think i would have enjoyed driving with more of that uh in my ears that was would not have been fun ponies way more fun than this game. As it turns out wild ponies on the beach. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean doing anything with your Saturday that was good. uh, Sounds pleasant. Uh, The early (laughs) part of my Saturday was nice. Um, You know, uh, covering the spirit game uh, they won. So that was good. Uh, It's just that what came after that was no good at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah hey hey welcome in this is filibuster the black and red united and self-care podcast i'm adam taylor joined by jason anderson ben bromley was so mad at that game he went to the mountains with his family on a uh pre-planned trip just he he knew what was coming before it happened i think um don't know how ben bromley illuminati it's a thing guys look it up uh we're all from blackandredunited.com. We talk about DC United. That's what we're doing tonight, I guess, if we must. Uh, if you haven't already heard, Black and Red lost 4 to nothing at home to Atlanta United on Saturday. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. Um, so we're going to talk something about that game. I don't know what exactly we will want to say, but... Let, let's find out. In the second segment, uh, we're very excited to have Christian Polanco from the Cooligans back on the show. He's going to help us preview DC United's trip to NYCFC because what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> are you
1: Are you saying that DC, having rescheduled to a venue they notoriously do do terribly in,
0: uh, are in for some big trouble on Wednesday? It, it's not like they were ever very good at RBA outside of, you know. I uh, won Eric Sorga goal since 2013 <laughs> or since 2012, have, even,
1: you know, NYCFC could have ended up having to play at some other stadium. You never know. That's true.
0: Maybe, maybe we can the convince Christian got... to, yeah, to push it to Hartford. It's a little bit longer right. drive for DC United, but there's something to to recommend it. We're, um, we're
1: trying to, we're trying to figure out the strategies that will turn this season around because, uh, it's not going to happen on are, the field, guys. <laughs> well, well, things are bad enough that if you're a publication or a podcast, you're getting yelled at by at least one person as if it is your fault that this is happening. Uh, so we, since we're being yelled at in that manner, we might as well try and fix
0: it. Um, you know, so someone's decided our plan. this is our problem. So
1: Our plan is to get the game moved via podcasters. Using our, <laughs> using our podcast contacts, we're going to get MLS in a short amount of time, to move the game to a
0: different venue in a different state. That's our plan. Listeners, you got to help with this. I, I can't tell you how. Just listen to the first word of each segment Jason and I speak, and you will get your instructions there. That's all I can if, say.
1: If the game kicks off at Yankee Stadium, as is currently scheduled, then you can blame us because our, our tactics failed, I guess.
0: <laughs> we We were not up to the task in that situation. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm just drinking, uh, polar grapefruit seltzer. Uh, there'll be no
1: drink, al- drinking of alcohol is supposed to be for fun. Uh, and until DC United gives me a reason to be fun, I feel like this is going to be a, uh, a form of protest, uh, from me. Uh, <laughs> no alcohol on, on filibuster until something, something goes adequately, not even well, okay. like I'll accept adequately.
0: That's still, um... A bar it I'm might not be sure right. is going to be cleared this year, right? It might be till the end of the season. Uh, I'm not making that. I am doing a shot of old overholt, not a bad shot. Old overholt is is a fine, right? Uh, well, to, value to price it,
1: to, to clarify the shot bit? I feel like it's a one off. Like, if you do that and and things don't turn around, you don't have to keep doing it forever. Um, oh, 100%. It, and so if you're going to do a shot of something, don't do a shot of something miserable. Uh, We already did that one. And it was I'm about to say, we did that last week. We did it a couple days ago.
0: Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So this is, this is a, it's not even a full shot. Um, This is not a punishment shot. This is a shot in a beer. I also have some med- Modelo to chase it with. So. Nice. Frost.
1: A throwback to the ability to go to a bar and order a shot in a beer, which uh, none of us have been able to do safely for a long time. And we're still yeah.
0: a long time away from being able to do that again. Yeah. I saw people, th- this is a, an aside on top of an aside on top of a bit, but yeah. um, <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter today saying, you know, honestly, how many of you have not eaten inside a restaurant since this began? And I'm just like, wait, who has? Yeah. I haven't, uh, been. like the only restaurants I've been inside are when we're driving long distances and someone needs to use the bathroom and the McDonald's is the only thing that's there. Like Uh, going inside the fast food bathroom. That's it. And we're not eating inside.
1: I I have been inside one restaurant since uh, the beginning of March and it was to pick up carry out order, uh, carry out food. And it was a restaurant in which I was the only customer. Um, I was the only person inside the place at the entire time. And they had partitions between the staff and everyone else um and even then it was a like standing outside until i got confirmation my food was ready and then like hustling in with my card out ready to pay um yeah so don't go into restaurants you don't i mean i know it's those places need your business but also you need to not die we need to Uh, yeah your your life is more important than uh capital
0: (laughs) um I choose to believe that as well, even if many things around me are screaming the opposite Um, at me in my face uncomfortably. Anyway, uh, this is me trying not to talk about DC United and now failing because um, that sucked.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That game uh, was bad. You know, I thought the Nashville, New England one, two punch was as good as, as bad as things were going to get. Um, and in part of it, part of it wasn't that I expected a major turnaround. Uh, so much as I saw Atlanta, I've seen Atlanta's previous games. I saw the players they were putting out there. If you listened to the show last week, you heard Sam Jones talk about how they're just, there wasn't a lot of reason for Atlanta to hope that they could be able to beat anyone in the league by four goals or even one goal. Um, because that, the roster they put on the field is just not a very good MLS soccer team, um, and, and for DC, yeah. and for DC to be outplayed uh, that badly by that group, really, um, it's like you think you hit rock bottom, and then someone stomps their foot and you fall a hundred feet further down.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, uh, so it's
1: it's that bad.
0: Yeah, DC and I had never really bothered to show up tody Field on Saturday. They went in the 4th minute and uh it didn't get any better from there. They eventually lost 4 to nothing to the till then struggling Atlanta United. Jason, what's left to say at this point? This team is not good and they don't seem to have a path to getting good. At this point I it's as much a mental thing as tactical or physical or health or anything else. It's the these guys are in a funk. And when something goes wrong on the field, that's it. Game over. Um, yeah. maybe even something doesn't even have to go wrong. They're just, they're hanging their heads at kickoff almost.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't ready to go to start the game. Uh, they give up the first goal and with some exceptions, uh, I think, uh, Griffin. Yaw was an exception. Uh, Griffin was trying to make an impact on the game, trying to just through sheer energy, try to get the game to stop being what it was. Um, uh, Chris Odoyachem, I think, also gets some level of pass uh, in that first half. And with Bill Hamid, I don't think you can blame him for any of the goals. Um, the goals are the kind of mistakes that, you know, it's not a, it's not an organization or communication thing. It's guys doing a bad job at the very basic stuff of like, this guy's on Something the other down team. The cross the box, you should be near him. Um, yeah. If the other team keeps doing one thing over and over again, in this case, it was diagonal balls out to brooks lennon
0: pressure and an early cross
1: (laughs) Get some pressure to the ball and uh that that goes out to him and to be prepared for him to be the target of those passes and no one was reacting to any of that um and so brooks lennon gets a goal and two assists um his goal uh set up uh fairly brilliantly by joseph mora um who turned a a ball that was going to go out of bounds uh into a inexplicably gentle header into Brooks Lennon's path. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, everything that this team can figure out how to get wrong right now seems to be something they get wrong. Um, it's another game where they didn't produce a single shot on goal.
0: Um, Which means that it, because Atlanta only had four shots on goal, there were mm-hmm. no saves in this game. That's <laughs> Brad right. Guzan didn't have to make one and Bill Hamid did uh, wasn't able to to stop any of the the shots that he faced the, the, and he didn't have a chance you know, on some of them
1: yeah and the thing is it could have been worse um because atlanta yeah. w- wasted three free headers um yeah miles robinson two, had a
0: couple and adam john had yeah. one
1: adam john had two or three um, okay adam john scored the one goal eventually but like he he should have done much better in this game than he actually did um so yeah that that means that the center backs aren't doing the thing that is their bedrock, which is defending balls in the air. Um, It's just, it's all over. It's a systematic failure uh, or systemic failure across the board. The team doesn't create chances. They don't get pressure to the ball quickly. They don't possess with intent. They don't defend well collectively or individually. Um, Yeah. The, this is, this is, I felt like the Nashville new England game coming on the heels of steve goth's report that the coaching or at least that ben olsen was in uh on the supposed hot seat um this is a game that you can't this one by itself would have been enough to push most organizations in that direction anyway um and for it to come after all of that uh it's hard to see anything other than major changes at dc united whether that's coaching whether that's in the GM spot, whether that's players, it's probably all of the above this winter at, at the latest, but it, it feels like it might be sooner than that.
0: Yeah. I would not be surprised if there's an acting coach. Um, if not for the NYC FC game, then for by the weekend, um, I don't know what would be stopping that decision at this point. Like if, Mm if seat had any temperature at all, um, Seeing this game and the the trend the team has been on this year it's it's kind of clear what what has to happen and it's it's changes everywhere um i've I've said on this show many times that if you are in a position to make that call and you are basing your decision on the next game, mm-hmm. then you just you need to make the decision now and you know what that decision is if the next game the next one random event is enough to change, to make up your mind one way or the other, then you've already lost confidence and you should make right. the change. You should make that call. And at this point, I don't, I, I I don't know how you can have confidence in the direction of the team or any of the decision-making around it. I know it's been a hard year. I think that there's an argument to be made that DC United had, because of all the changes they were incorporating was a little bit harder hit by the, the pandemic and the inability to train and get a rhythm going than some teams. I think there's an argument to be made that the injuries they've suffered since the, the return to play have been um, a a huge factor. I think the, just the malaise and the lack of energy and even effort in some cases Mm -hmm. in this game and just the general direction it, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger. On this I think and you you gotta you gotta say Ben you're a club legend we love you but it's time to make a change and I think Ben Olson would understand that he said several times like this is not a an industry where you leave a job uh in the best of circumstances right like nine times out of ten when you leave a job it's going to be because you were fired and he knows that and he's he's a an introspective self-aware dude and I think he is probably expecting this to come and if it doesn't, he's going to keep trying his hardest and, and fighting and trying to to help this club. But I think the change has to come and it, it, it probably shouldn't just be Ben. I think Dave Casper has uh, a lot to answer for this year as well. I mean, you come mm-hmm. into this year with a short sighted short staffed mm-hmm. roster basically. And you know, there's you know, plenty other things you can talk about. Um, but at, at this point I I think a wholesale revisioning of the soccer side is probably called for.
1: And and the thing is, not just from a decision-making standpoint, but like coaching changes are, in my mind, generally overrated uh in MLS. Um, I think a lot of times it is a lot less um and it's it's become- this is becoming less true over time because teams are bringing in uh, coaches that have bigger international experience and and have um a more well uh versed plan on what they're trying to do um you know the difference between a Tata martino atlanta for example, when you watch them play and you see the variety of rehearsed movements that they have going forward where the other team is still um, whether it was, you know, when they came to play at DC or, or other games um, you watch them play and you see a, the level of teaching that these players have gotten is higher and those coaching changes will make a big difference. Um, but when the plan is a little less structured uh, and I feel like DC United's attack over the years has always been less about a structure and more about allowing star players to have that freedom to do their thing, Um, which has always been what Ben says uh, is, is his way of, you know, he wants guys that make plays in his way of putting it. Um, He would say, you know, guys, guys will make the plays. Um, But yeah, at a certain point, um, when the players are not responding anymore on the emotional level, um, when they're making the same mistakes for this amount of time, it means they're checked out um and seeing the same face over and over again regardless of how much they get along with the coach or anything like that if you're checked out you're checked out and there's not really a whole lot of things that can fix that problem um that's one of those problems that can't be solved with more time or different acquisitions you you can't re- you can replace the entire roster in MLS but most likely you're not going to um we don't see a lot of teams say let's just replace everybody on the roster side that that's not a thing. Um and even that's
0: a, usually a 3 or 4 year endeavor.
1: Right. Uh, which is a um, so, long
0: time in this league.
1: So yeah, the 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 fact that the players uh have had coming into this game had had several really unacceptable performances. You know, the second half against New England was unacceptable. The Nashville game was unacceptable um there were a few others before this that were pretty close unacceptable um the fact that those aren't those results and the week of training that comes out after the getting called out publicly if that stuff stops hitting and just you just don't have a response at that point you're just like oh fine i'll be here tomorrow um then you're not gonna get better uh under the current leadership um and that's that's not just a soccer thing that's anywhere um And that's what appears to be happening because it doesn't you you don't see other than a handful of players, you don't see the level of engagement you need uh, to compete in MLS because it is still a league where the very best team isn't all that much better than the very worst team. Like the the margins in MLS are still as narrow as ever Um, or not as ever because it used to be even smaller, but right. you know, money has come sure. in the league and, and spaced it out a little bit. But it's not nearly what we think it is. This is not uh, a team that is uh, potentially going bankrupt coming up against Man City with uh, a bunch of guys that are League One level players. This is not that gap. Um, this is a much narrower thing. And so you shouldn't get blown out like this. And you especially shouldn't get blown out against the ghost of Atlanta United because I got to tell you, that group was not a very good group. Uh, Atlanta's yeah, lineup. Adam John is not a, a
0: guy who should be terrorizing no. your back line.
1: This is not a, a team full of raw talent that ripped DC to shreds Um, or a group of raw talent that hasn't been able to piece it together and suddenly figured it out on. The, and it just happens to be the night you were playing them. This is not a good team that came to Audi field and won for nothing. Just like it wasn't a good team that uh went out and beat DC in Nashville. Um, like I said I think that was the worst MLS game I've seen this year. Um this one was higher quality to some extent because a few Atlanta players did have good nights, but um yeah, there's no there's no managing around what we saw on Saturday. You know, there's just there were too many things that were either the same mistake being made uh, over and over again or just people that weren't engaged in in wanting to be there. Um yeah, and I will say
0: Atlanta's third goal. If I had been a neutral, that would have been a fun goal to watch. Um, I, don't I enjoy know. those those passing goals, even when the defense is just traffic yeah. cones. It, it takes the a thing. level of execution on that in in the moment that that is fun to watch it, if you are not attached to the team that's being decimated. <laughs>
1: See, I I think the goals, I think that specific goal is overrated because DC United was so disengaged in defending it that they might as well have been traffic cones. And any, any college team can put together a goal that looks like that when it's literally cones on the training ground. Um, You can, you can go to a college training session and watch it happen. Um, So I think as much as everyone said, that was a very pretty goal. I think it is the the dominant factor in that goal's existence is DC's lack of engagement on stopping it. Um it's just a bunch of guys shuffling their feet in the direction that their brain knows they have to go. They can't just stand there and not do anything, but they might as well have just stood there and not do anything.
0: Um yeah so they they were purely reacting and not thinking. And then Joseph Mora actually kept a guy on side during that um during that play if he actually steps up to and he's on the weak side. He's not engaged in the play at all. Right. to the extent, even to the point that he is behind the rest of the back line and not stepping up, which all he had to do is take three steps forward. And that goal wouldn't have happened because mm-hmm. one of the attackers would have been offside on one of the passes. So uh, I've been pretty displeased with Joseph Mora uh, among several other players, but specifically Mora has been popping up for, to make me like almost throw things and be upset mm-hmm. at a game. Um, uh, Fred Briant too, but I don't have to worry about him against NYCFC anyway, because he got a red card for dog. So in this game, very late.
1: And, and weirdly, maybe that wasn't dog. So, I mean, yeah, I would be, the thing is I would be advocating for a change in that position anyway, for coming into this next game, just on performance basis. But we talked
0: about Fred Briant in our last show and yes, not in a good way. Um,
1: Yeah. I don't think that was dog. So, um,
0: no, I Stephen Bermond was right there.
1: Atlanta would have argued that it was, but I i don't think it was. I don't think this was a very well-officiated game. Not that it's to blame for the result at all. Um, and in yeah. fact, if anything, the mistakes were in DC's favor
0: right. uh, in some cases. Uh, I mean, yeah, Yamil Assad probably should have seen red in this mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I would have liked more protection for uh, Griffin Yao in the first half. Right. I don't know why he came off at halftime, uh, it Neither may have I. been because it may Hard have been because the knock. he might be hurt now because they kicked he, the crap out of him. He was not, he was moved when he
1: came to the bench in, um, up clothes after halftime, he was not moving like someone that was injured. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, a question that probably should have been asked, uh, after the game, uh, as to why specifically remove the attacking player who was the most engaged in the game, um, in a game where you're losing. Cause I don't understand that. I, I feel like if it's me in that moment, I'm taking a sod out and asking Yao to go play on the left. Um, but instead uh, DC's attack went from bad to worse uh, because the one player that was making runs and getting into positions and, and just showing some real urgency was suddenly gone. Um, of course we, we never got to see what the, the substitutions would have actually done to the game because uh, on top of everything else that went wrong, DC United couldn't uh, make a substitution correctly.
0: Um, So I guess we got to talk about that. Yeah. We got to talk about (laughs) the other substitution issue, which was uh, Russell Kanaus being left off of the official team sheet. Uh, Even though he was on the sheet that was given to media and to the social media team, (laughs) he was in the lineup Mm group graphic on the bench uh on twitter and facebook and but but apparently yeah, not everywhere about the, the
1: handwritten one
0: yeah um, not on the form that was handed to the referee um yeah which traditionally are handwritten but the ref was looking on an iphone to confirm yeah, this which is so.
1: which is bizarre i mean maybe his iphone maybe he took a photo of it uh in the locker room maybe that's part of, there's a lot of procedures around the bureaucracy of a soccer game that we don't actually have. You know, like, I, I don't know how I, kn- I know that information has to be given to the referees, but I don't know what the actual momentary right. pro like, if you told J- me, Jason, you have to go downstairs and be in charge of this for the game.
0: I would probably do
1: some things in a way. The referees are like, Oh, you don't do it like that. You do it like this.
0: Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of the handwritten thing because of the the pandemic and it's, it's now to reduce contact. Um, yeah exactly and it's now even though you know, they're in contact with each other on the field or field. So, yeah the, yeah
1: I, I i can tell you this um normally in a normal season we in the press box there is a stack of copy photocopies of the handwritten team sheet you can go get that if you want um but then over time it it those disappear and it becomes the opta list you know opta and the Opta list for this game had Canals on it. That's why when you went to the league site, um, he was listed on the subs there because they get that information from Opta. Um, but right now in 2020, uh, we only have the, uh, the the team emails you the Opta team sheet um, that comes with the starters, a picture of Opta's guess at the formations, um, and the substitutes. So what we were, what we were given in the press box, I saw some people saying that media was not given this and that's false. Um, Media was given a list that had Russell Canals' name on it. Um, But uh, I, you know, the referees get a different thing and whether, uh, I don't know how they keep track of that on the sideline. It obviously, this is another refereeing issue too. Like it's DC United's mistake first, obviously. But the referees did allow this substitution to happen, um, which uh, is why it became such an obvious farce. If the referees are doing their are on top of their business, the fourth official would have said, "You can't bring this guy into the game; he's not on the list." Um, but they allowed, right. and and this wasn't a sub that happened fast either. It was um, a halftime when, sub. When the teams went in at halftime, Russell Canales was already getting his jersey on with, like, 13 minutes left in the halftime break. Like, he never went to the locker room. He stayed on the field to do warm-up stuff. Um, so this was a sub that the referees had plenty of time to adjudicate and do whatever it is that fill out whatever paperwork they have to fill out to make it a, you know, a, a genuine sub. They they have to take a little substitution card. They have to go through all that trouble. They had plenty of time to say, like, well, this is a guy you can't bring into the game. He's not on the the, the list. And instead – they allowed the sub to happen, and then four or three minutes in, they said, hold on a second, you can't do that.
0: Um, so, yeah, I think they stopped the play in the third minute of the second half, and then eight right. minutes later, play resumed with Kevin Paredes yeah. coming in for for Russell for, Knauss, Kevin I Moses guess.
1: Nyman. Uh, cause, cause that, that's the other yeah, funny thing. Right. is that
0: They flash nyman's um, number.
1: Right, because in, in, the, in the way the game is going to be presented as a matter of record, it's as if Russell Knauss never took the field. Um, I think Seth Ritelny made a joke that I thought was in the moment was funny um, in a dark, otherwise dark day for DC United. But the possibility of what if Russell Canals had scored a goal uh, in mm-hmm. that period of time while he wasn't in the game? Um, things would have gotten much more farcical. I think I think at that point we'd be talking about a game that was abandoned and awarded as a forfeit to Atlanta. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. Which which it's not, which Ben Olson alluded to. Uh, I think Atlanta's coach, uh, what's his first name? His last name's Glass. Uh, Steven. Steven Glass was, I I guess, the whole Atlanta bench was chirping, including him. And Ben Olsen is like, what do you want? Do you want to forfeit? Do you want us to forfeit? Then stop talking. If you don't want to stop the game now, stop talking, okay? Because nothing's going to happen. I think they were trying to say that DC United shouldn't get to replace Russell Knauss, um, right they should they have wanted to play, to play man against down him. right, right, which they got to by the end, and you know honestly <laughs> a, a forfeit would have been a better result for d c United it's awarded it as three nothing instead of yeah. four nothing, so maybe maybe the forfeit should have been pursued uh, it something like this has happened once before where a team fielded an in, an in, ineligible player, a player who wasn't on the team sheet. The Vancouver Whitecaps, I think, did it a couple years ago uh or a few years ago, and uh they were not forced to take a forfeit because I think they too lost that game. Right. Um, but they were fined $100,000 by the league. So if something like that is forthcoming, um, right. just on the back end, uh, don't don't be surprised because that's that's the precedent. Uh, and it sounds like this was just a clerical error uh, on DC right. United's this part. Is a, it, this is it paperwork, not soccer. Yeah. Um, I, whether they just took the wrong team sheet, like they had an extra copy of last week or of the last game sitting around uh, in which they carried an extra sub on the bench because they had no other players to put on the bench because of Russell Knauss's, uh suspension. Yeah. They just grabbed that sheet instead of the, the right one and gave it to the ref or forgot to make a change in word or whatever format it's in. Like there, There's any number of things that could have happened, and uh, one of them did, and it sucks. Um, I hope it's not the case that Russell Knauss is now suspended for next week but he shouldn't be
1: because he, this is another thing that people got wrong talking about the game. And I think that the Atlanta broadcast got is, it seems to be where this came from. They said he was issued a red card. He was not issued a red card. Um, he was told he could not be on the bench or be in the game. There's a difference between being red carded and being ejected from those areas. Um, This would be like if DC United decided that one of their comms people would go sit on the bench. The referees would look at the list and say, well, you're not on the list. It's like a bouncer situation. Uh, You're not on the list. You can't sit here. Um, I can tell you from a couple of years ago at a Spirit game, um, the Spirit had an opponent come to town. One of their players was questionable with an injury. And I guess their plan was to do like a pregame fitness test for her. But during the course of the day, uh, they determined like the it's not even worth doing the fitness test. She's just not going to be able to play. Um, so they got to the venue and she's not on their team sheet as a player that was eligible to play or as a coach or anything else. Um, but at the Soccerplex, there's not really a lot of places you can go be. There's not like a, a little box for visiting fans and coaches. Um, so she was sitting on the bench because it's just, you know, she was hanging out with the team and was like, oh, I guess I'll go sit here. And at halftime, the fourth official, I guess, counted the number of people and was like, you got this one person isn't on the list. She can't sit down here. And so she ended up spending the second half of the game sitting in the press overflow area. Um, And it wasn't that she was being red carded or sent off or anything like that. It was that she was just told you can't be part of the bench today. Um, And so she wasn't suspended or anything like that. And that's the procedure that... um, would be in place for Canals unless MLS decides to crack down on DC United for trying to gain an advantage uh, by, by by fooling their opponents with false paperwork, which is not what happened. Um, but yeah, describing it as a red card, um, if that was I, I we can't listen to audio in the the press box, so I, I'm not sure it was the. I, it seemed like people were saying that that's where it came from. The, they were saying the Atlanta broadcast is was saying he had been red carded. That never happened. There was no red card. Um, he was just told he couldn't be on the bench anymore. And actually once he went and changed out of his uniform, watched the rest of the game in, uh, DC United training gear, sitting with the uh, players that were not in uniform for the night. Um, but yeah, he shouldn't be suspended. It's not his fault. Um, If you're going to suspend someone, you would have to, you would say that someone from the coaching staff, uh, you know, ultimately, since Ben Olson signs off on the team sheet, maybe you say, "Look, you know, the buck stops with the head coach." In this case, yeah, even it sounds like it wasn't his fault necessarily, but you sign the sheet, it is kind of your fault at that point. Um, right. I mean, but it yeah, shouldn't you're... be the players. It's not the players' fault. The you know Canals is blameless in this. Uh, he doesn't check the team sheet. That's not a player. Players don't have to go individually. You know, sign off on it as well. It doesn't get to that level.
0: Right. Uh, ben Olsen in, during the postgame refused to comment on, on whose fault it might have been. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He said, you know, it, it's something that happened, and it was a surprise to him. That That's all he said. Um, looking forward, um, whether Russell Knauss is on the bench uh, against NYCFC or not, there's going to be a spell of five games or so where DC United are potentially going to be without some players uh i think it's four guys have been called up for uh international play um it's only a couple of games that they'll play but, but for it's, their, also their the it, it's, it's also up in the air
1: it's also up in the air if yeah. they will even play um right and we so, don't have if any they do yeah go ahead
0: if they do go play they will have to undergo you know a five what a 10 day uh, yeah 10 day quarantine. quarantine when they get back because of dc's local regulations mm-hmm. um Because you know there's been a few coronavirus cases in town (laughs) the last several days. Um, I don't know if you've heard on the news, but there was a potential super spreader event. Um, Anyway, uh, Eric Sorga, uh, Junior Moreno, Edison Flores, and Jordi Reyna have all been called up for. So that's four players across three countries because of that quarantine restriction based on local regulations dc united does have the option to say no uh they they are apparently in contact with the the various national teams federations about whether to release the players uh and mike like they they will be even more severely shorthanded if if these guys go and my thought on it at this point honestly is the season is not getting turned around. At this point mathematically there's a chance, but like you use your eyeballs and your brain that this team's not getting up off the mat most likely. Why not let these guys go?
1: Uh well my answer on that would be that it is more safe for them to stay here like from a, a personal safety pers- perspective uh it is not worth traveling to countries that are having as much or even somehow worse trouble with coronavirus. It's not worth the flights, um, the risks of the number of people you have to come in contact with to play international soccer. Um, I don't think FIFA should be allowing these games. Um, yeah. I think Bowl should not be holding these games. FIFA shouldn't have had to tell them not to hold them. Um, it's just a total abdication of good old common sense. Like, there's a pandemic. Don't play international soccer right now, stupid. Um, and so Bowl shouldn't be having the games. FIFA, once Comedy failed at that, FIFA should have said, you can't have games right now. I know your qualification system requires everyone to play everyone and it takes forever, but you're going to have to find a way to pack them in later. We can't, you can't have games right now. Uh, FIFA failed at that, which, you know, FIFA always is going to fail you. So there's that. Yeah. Um, But at this point, um, that becomes a matter for MLS as a league and the clubs individually and between, the, you know, it it sounds like MLS's solution is like, ah, uh, we're going to let you guys handle this, which is a, an abdication um, on their yep. part. And so now these individual clubs and their players are having to make a decision that is potentially a very high consequence because for some of these players, like Edison Flores with Peru is well-established, um, but Yordi Reyna missed the World Cup last year. He was one of the last guys out. Um, so if he's getting called back in, This is his chance to really reestablish himself and maybe stay a part of the group for their next major tournament, um, which can have a big impact on his career. It's a huge goal in a player's life. It also could have financial repercussions um, down the road for him and for DC United. If he plays well for Peru, he might end up being transferred to a club that pays him more, et cetera. These are very big deals. And conversely, as we know from the U S national team, With guys like Timothy Chandler, for example, if you say you'd rather not come in, the fans turn on you forever. Um, The coach might turn on you for the rest of his time coaching the team, et cetera. Um, So it's a very fraught thing for these guys, um, putting aside how much they want to do so or
0: not. Um, Right. I I did hear some, I did hear at least some speculation that several players in MLS don't want to go, don't want to answer these call-ups. They don't want to go, but they also aren't comfortable telling their national teams, I don't want to go right now. And the team can basically be the bad cop in that situation. The the club can say, we're not letting our player go. We're allowed to to say no to this call-up and we're going to because we need them here. Um which, you know, hurts the club's relationship with that national team potentially, but it does save the player Sure. the the trouble and the exposure from that but, but um, that's all
1: speculation we don't actually yeah, that's know all there are no players yeah um that's this is another aspect of it that makes it fraught is that um once we get into conme bowl what we get into is a situation where what constitutes reporting is oftentimes rumor um because the the journalistic standards around soccer in conme bowl are. Uh, involve a lot of people who are just pure rumor reporters. Um, They do not know what's going on necessarily. And it's hard to tell when they have something that's solid and when they're just making something up. Um, And it's not just there. I, I, you know, anyone that's had to report on a transfer rumor involving Italy knows that um, there is no one you can believe until the transfer is done. Um, But yeah, uh, it is, it's a really messy situation in which, there's a lot of people trying to break news, but there's not a lot of news right now. Um, So I don't know whether any or all of DC's players want to uh, report. Um, I don't know if DC wants to allow them to report. Um, It's not a good, I I, like I said, I don't think it's a good idea for any of them to do so from a safety perspective, Uh, but they're grown men and they can make that choice for themselves. uh, I suppose. Um, But you know, I, I think one other reason DC United might want to not allow them to travel is just the sheer wear and tear that's coming up. Um yeah. losing those four players, uh, with what is now five games and this is this Atlanta game is the first of a five game and eighteen day stretch. Um, losing those players means that more guys are going to get more wear and tear in a season that has already been full of overuse and injury. Um so that's another reason for DC United to say, like, we we can't let you go because we've got guys that are on the verge of picking up this injury or that injury. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a really bad situation for everyone because the players may want to go. Uh, it may be – or maybe they, they don't necessarily want to go, but maybe they feel obliged to go. Um, it's It's a mess. It's a mess that a lot of people – that are in charge of soccer organizations had a chance to do something about, and they all decided, uh, let's, uh, we can do this, right? This is fine. Uh, it's just a normal year, 2020, nothing, nothing abnormal is happening. So let's just Somehow have our six months this
0: thing. We're still making that same choice. Yeah. Um, um yeah. It, and... it,
1: but your point of letting the guys go, because at least, you know, what is there to gain by staying here? Um, there is that. On the soccer side, what is there to actually gain? other than You could say with Reyna, it's familiarity with his teammates because he just got here. Um, but for the rest of the guys, realistically, there's not a lot to be gained from playing these games and enduring a few more losses and, and a lot of feeling bad about your soccer team. Um, so there is that. There is some positive there for those guys if they do travel. And it's just getting a mental break from the day-to-day of DC United right now, which... I feel like we could all use a mental break from the day-to-day of DC United right now. Um but yeah, it it's a mess. It's a mess that um shouldn't have been allowed to to happen uh by Conmebol Bowl and by FIFA and, and by UEFA as well, since Sorgo we're talking about him going. Um but as we've learned, FIFA and the national or the federations at the continental level. These are not good are organizations. Yeah. They're they bad. are corrupt and bad. And they are going to do the thing that you don't want them to do at every turn. And so they have done it again. Um they are they are in the scorpion and the frog, they are the scorpion. Um if you We are all the think, frog. Yeah, and and there but also they're a scorpion that can swim and sting you anyway, even if you're like, no, I'm not helping you this time. They'll say, Well, too bad I'm getting in there to kill you. I'm like, well, come on, Scorpion. But that's how it is.
0: I think that's it for this segment. Um, uh,
1: hold on. I, I think we have to talk about some lineup changes uh, before we move on. Okay. We were going right. to get into that. Um, like I said earlier, um, if Bryant hadn't been red carded, I would have said you probably have to, to remove him from the lineup for performance reasons right now um, and bring in Donovan Pines. And P- it's not like Pines has had a good 2020 either, but you put him in there and you say, you know, just from an accountability perspective, if someone has this many bad games in a row, you've got to make a change at their position. If you can, if you have literally no one else, then you say, well, this is all we can do. But DC has other guys that can play center back. So you've got to put a center back in. Um, Burnbaum, I think if you, if you look at, um, and we were talking about this in the chat earlier this week, um, American soccer analysis came up with a uh, stat they call goals. Plus it's sort of a, amalgamation of several different parts of the game to try and express in a number, whether a player is playing well or not. Obviously that's going to be a rough estimation, but it's still an interesting data point. And Steve Birnbaum is far and away DC's best player in that category. Um, You can go check it out, go to American soccer analysis. The table is very intuitive and easy to figure out and filter just to DC. If you want to look at the numbers, um, I'll spoil for you, D.C. has um, four of the bottom, like, 15 or 16 guys uh, in there. So if you want to know why they're in last, that's, that's
0: a an indicator as to what went wrong. Some of um, them are in pretty important positions, too.
1: Yeah, starters, uh, a lot of starters have had really rough years. One of them being Joseph Mora. Um, I think the performance against Atlanta was probably his worst in a D.C. shirt. Um, And I don't think it's that he's not, he's not trying. I think he just can't find a way to get properly engaged in the game uh, so that he's making good choices in the game. He's thinking slowly and I think he needs a break. Um, And so I would want to see Fisher come in for him, whether it's Fisher at left back or Odoria Chem at left back. That's those two have to be the fullbacks in this next game. In my opinion, Um, I would want to drop, you know, with Russell Canals, provided the league doesn't inexplicably decide that it's his fault and suspend him. Um, I would want him to replace junior Moreno, who has been having a really rough year. We, we've he's, talked about that a lot. This yeah.
0: He, he's he been bad all year and he's, I think yeah. he's the worst rated of DC United on that. Yeah. Uh, Not the worst
1: overall, but no. uh, the but worst the overall two or three. Yeah. 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 I think he was fourth from bottom with, uh, okay. Moro Minotas was dead last, um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's gotta get dropped just from a performance perspective um again, just it's not personal um these are all guys that I think are capable of being m l s starters if if moro's at his if everyone in the league plays just c plus level soccer, every single individual player is playing c plus level soccer um just bang average for for their own abilities, i think moro's top five left back in m l s um but we have not seen that in 2020 at all. Right. Um, so, you know, those are changes I think that need to be made. And I I think that, um, if Sorga is not going to travel for Estonia, you've at least got to give him some kind of reward, um, and get him some minutes. It's not that Ola Kamara is playing so badly right now. A lot of it is that DC United has done a miserable job providing the service that Ola Kamara thrives on. Um, the way that he had success in Columbus and in LA that involves opening space and opening channels for him to run. And DC just doesn't open those channels and they don't open, they don't drag teams out to play in behind very well. Um, so they don't give him the opportunities that that's his game. Um, you know, if you have a big target man and you, and he's slow and you play balls into space all the time, he's not going to succeed because he's not fast. And this is the other way around. Um so, uh, but, uh, you know, at a certain point, a striker's not doing himself very much good being stuck out there. And also for Sorga, he's young. He's going to get better with minutes. Um, and if you're going to tell him you can't go travel for Estonia, um, give, him, give him this as something. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the changes. And, you know, I also think that Yamil Assad probably needs to sit. Um, he's been a non-factor for a couple of games in a row now.
0: Yeah, and if Paredes is healthy, then you have right. You have another um, yeah, body young, to put in there.
1: The, the young guys should be co- coming in too. Um, if, if if you're accepting that this season is a lost cause from a playoff perspective, and even if you're not, quite frankly, just from a performance perspective, ignore the records. Um, this team is better right now with Gal, Paredes, and Nyman on the field um, than than their available counterparts. Like if everyone were healthy, that probably wouldn't be the case but with the guys that are healthy and can take the field right now, um, I don't see a justification in continuing with, you know, Moreno over and, for example. I don't think you can justify that. Um, Assad over Yao or Paredes. I don't think you can justify that either. Um, and if the, if it happens to be that you say, okay, um, you know, Gressel and Paredes are the wingers, then I would say let's move Yao up front, play him as a forward. Um because these are the guys that are trying right now. Um, These are the guys that are still engaged in, in the game. Um, They're still trying. uh, They might make mistakes because they are young or because they aren't the actual most talented players on the roster. Um, But DC's problems are mental and emotional as much as they are technical and um, uh, tactical right now. Uh, At some point you just need guys who are fully engaged and are still, they still have something left to give, you know, the guys that are still that haven't had that like mental pause button hit. And I think a lot of DC's players, they're on, they're on pause right now. And so they go out there and they go through the motions, but that's all you're going to get out of them. Um So feel the lineup of guys that are going to be fully engaged Um because what else can you do? You, I mean, obviously doing the same thing over again, is not a good idea. Uh That yeah. is a bad idea by definition. <laughs> so try and change something, change the lineup radically as a wake up call. Uh as much as anything else.
0: So I have been kicking around this very I, I shared it in the Slack so mm-hmm. Jason knows this. A very football manager um three five one one diamond midfield combines the diamond midfield and the three back. Um Ben, if you if you're around, if you're listening to this, give me a call. I, I will happily discuss that formation with you. Not gonna break it down here though, because we have to take a quick break. And bring on Christian Polanco from the Cooligans to help us break down NYCFC and and get ready for what will surely be a very <laughs> fun game for mm. everyone involved. Um, Christian's great. Please stick around. It, listen, it'll to be fun. The, we promise it'll be more be, fun than this was. This segment coming up will be the fun part of the upcoming game. So if you have to pick one to watch the game or listen to this next segment. Know which one you should choose. Stick around, it's filibuster. All right, say you're at work and uh something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh or or, or something worse happens. Ben in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you called the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right, and your rights matter, and you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a, a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. DC United will hop on a bus or a plane or something to the Bronx Wednesday for a return date with a now surging NYCFC. Since DC United managed to claim a point against them a month ago, despite not registering a single shot on goal, Ronnie Daly's side have won four out of five, putting up 10 goals and allowing all of four. So what I'm saying is this is going to be really fun for a team in DC United's shape. (laughs) Uh, Our guest tonight is a big NYCFC fan and one half of the gulliest pairing in world soccer, Christian Polanco of the Cooligans. Welcome back to filibuster.
2: Thanks for having me back. It's an absolute honor. And yeah, I'm, I'm still, I still have that PTSD from uh, all the shots uh, taken and no <laughs> points. <laughs> no, we didn't get the three points uh, at Audi field. Uh, so I'm hoping things are a little bit different uh, back in the Bronx. We also Back in the Bronx, this is the first game NYCFC will play at Yankee Stadium this season, so I'm pretty excited about that as well.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you about that a little later, though. First, though, what are you drinking?
2: Oh, I'm drinking uh, water out of a uh, El, El Jimador... Uh, tequila <laughs> bottle that i was given <laughs> because uh, to be clear
0: he's holding it up this is a water bottle branded <laughs> so not it's an wa- empty not tequila a- <laughs> bottle
2: <laughs> okay you know i'm getting divorced guys let's go no uh yeah i got this because i we also host uh, nycfc at home which is the show for nycfc that we do and it is sponsored. I don't mean to blast the sponsor all over your show, but now filibuster is sponsored by El Himador Tequila. Oh, that's that's good news for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I, I'll I'll get you after the show. Let them know where to send the no, check. Good folks uh, no. at El Himador,
1: uh will be supporting our luxury lifestyles now. No doubt, gonna get you a light
2: bulb. Okay,
0: <laughs> at, at the very least, I'll have I'll have a lighting solution finally. <laughs> We might even get you one of those halo lights, Jason. Oh, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna step why, it up. Why stop at one? <laughs> <laughs> All the halo lights for Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian, I have a, I have a really basic question for you to start things off. There's this emotion that I, I've heard tell of, and I may have experienced it at some point in the past. What can you tell me about this thing called joy?
2: Ooh, okay. Well, look, as also as an Everton fan, currently sitting in first place. It's uh, it's a little unfamiliar, uh, but right now, <laughs> it's it's quite delicious. No, look, are I, you just I, waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time? I wouldn't say. Look, as an NYCFC fan, I wouldn't um, characterize it as joy necessarily. It is. I think this year, uh, NYCFC fans went into the season with uh, some skepticism. With you know, you know, it's difficult to f- forget how uh, you know th- how the playoffs ended for NYCFC. Last uh, season with a, uh, you know, a, a terrible penalty uh, by uh, Ronald uh, Matarita, uh against Serrano or Umbridge Larea. And it just it was literally like at the end of the game, super frustrating. Um, and then a new coach, you know, when the last coach was saying uh, he's like basically done with this, he's not getting the players he wants. Um, so we, we didn't end last season with any kind of joy. We didn't start, the, you know, th- this season with any joy. MLS is back. I think we were uh, surprised with how far we really got, especially with how those first couple games started. We needed a miracle uh, by the LA Galaxy and and the ref giving a penalty towards the end. So joy is not the word I would use. I think it would be uh, a healthy skepticism and then uh, a a delightful surprise with uh, the, the, the fact that the team... Was able to get uh, out of that skid, and and there were a lot of challenges when when you know when after the MLS is back is tournament, and things are looking pretty good now. I've I've said a bunch of times, like defensively, the team looks as strong as I've seen uh, in these five years. And uh, but getting the goals that that's where coaching and managing and putting the right players in place is is what you know going to be important, and the the goals. Took a while to show up, but they, you know, outside of that D.C. United game at Audi Field. But so far, they've been pretty good. Uh, Christian,
1: I guess looking over the lineups recently and, and even like just when I try and look outside of D.C. United Twitter just to get a break and see like, well, what is going on with teams that where things aren't going so badly? Um I do see you this guys, recurring. You guys game. are
2: entertaining. I, uh, that last game uh, was incredible. Long long what that whole Russell? Oh, unbelievable! Love it, love it.
1: Yeah, uh, this was even with our experience in having nightmare
0: seasons. This was a new territory. <laughs> sure, um, <laughs> the writers have to keep raising the stakes, right? As time sure, goes yeah. on.
1: Yeah, you don't want to repeat your old plot lines. Exactly. Um, but uh, one thing that. Like a a few weeks ago, I feel like it's the first time I I heard about it. But I saw someone saying that Alex Ring was playing wide left, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Like maybe this person is just mistaken. But then I went and watched the game a couple days later, and I was like, "Wow, that really is Alex Ring." And then, it since then I've. Checked in on the the lineups, and I've I've looked over the chalkboards. I've watched a couple of the games, and it it keeps
2: happening. Uh, but <laughs> it's not a mistake. Also, it's not an oversight yeah. anymore. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it, like you know, like we're talking about, this is a team that's now uh, got like six wins out of their last nine games. Uh, so something's going right. Is this how is this working? Because it doesn't make any sense on paper. Uh,
2: yeah, it's. it's um, I I think even even though it has been working, I would say generally. Uh, Most NYCFC fans were like, "Please stop doing this." (laughs) You know, because there's no way this worked. Can keep working. Uh, I believe Alex Ring is in second in uh, you know leading goal scorers uh, for for the team, which is he's he's a six, bro. What are you doing? (laughs) Like he's so far. Why is he so far up front? But look, I think the the. You know, Maxi Morales not being at a hundred percent fitness. I think Matriza not kind of uh, not that's his position and not delivering when uh, he he probably should. The guy he's a designated player. He should be getting uh, more opportunities, uh, more goals. Should be finishing. And I think uh, Ronnie Diallo was just like maybe a little frustrated and wanted to try something different. There was after the loss to the Red Bulls. Uh, early in uh, in the return, uh, I know Alex Ring was one of the, you know, he's the captain of the team. He was like one of the leaders saying like, we are, basically we're better than this and it doesn't matter who the coach is. We need to take responsibility uh, for ourselves. And ever since that conversation happened, they've been uh, a lot more, they've shown a lot more confidence and a lot more, uh, you know, uh, personal responsibility. Uh, and they've just they've just been better. I don't know why they keep doing this, but the interesting thing is uh, NYCFC has been uh, devastated with, you know, uh, injury to their their striker, uh, a bear, and then Maxi Morales uh, took a, a, a knock or he, I mean, he took a kick to the back of the knee when he played mm. against, uh, I believe it was Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. And they, so now they, for the last game against Miami, they put uh, Mitrita in the 10 and I'm ring is still he's still having fun up there uh but (laughs) but look i think the reason they can do that is because james sands has been playing so uh incredibly well so james sands the homegrown player he is he's basically taking the responsibility of like if anybody makes any mistakes i will clean it up uh in in the back and you know as as the as the six or or really the eight to some degree um and and honestly, without James Sands, uh, I don't think NYCFC is 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 as successful as they currently are.
0: So uh, this game you mentioned has been moved, I guess, back to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. NYCFC have been playing their home games at Red Bull Arena since the restart. I guess now uh, they're they're going to play the rest of their home games going forward uh, at their actual home, Yankee Stadium. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, it's not like fans are going to be able to go out to the game, but but does it have some kind of
2: emotional resonance for you? I think look for for the coach to finally get to play a home game in the, their their home stadium. Uh, I, look, playing the games at Red Bull Arena, which is like I think seven MLS teams are currently playing uh, their games at, at Red Bull <laughs> Arena, was uh, look. Every other team is probably not as big a deal, but for for NYCFC, it's it's embarrassing that's really the 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 biggest challenge and the biggest hurdle for fans to like get over it's just like why are why do we have to do this but given the how crazy this year has been i think it was a little bit easier to accept um so uh look look obviously the, the the shape of the field right the size of the field is going to be the honestly, I think it's going to be challenging at first because NYCFC, you know, they had last year they were so dominant at, at home, but they also have not played uh, on a, on a field this size, and I I don't know how much they've really even trained on the field size cuz then there Has anyone their...
0: told Ronnie Dyla about this yet?
2: <laughs> Does he okay. know? <laughs> okay, he's going to you know, there's going to be a pitcher's mouth. there's going to be a dugout, like he yeah, <laughs> he's going to have to adjust quickly. Um no, I I think the I'm a little concerned because the you know, it, it's weird cuz the, the I, I want to say FC would have um struggles on the road. And they would say like, "Oh, they're not used to the size of the pitch," but then this season They've looked incredible, right? And they're they're playing on a quote unquote proper pitch, even though the Yankee Stadium pitch is the 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 most the smallest allowed size. So tell FIFA, okay, don't talk to me about it. Um, so it's it's um I, I'm curious to see how they're gonna play on it because I know they they probably don't have too much time to train uh, on uh, on the smaller pitch, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a period of adjustment all i'll say is i'm glad it's dc united we're playing at home first. <laughs> so, with all due respect gentlemen no, that's that's completely fair hey, hey, um, embarrassing!
0: <laughs> you lose that homecoming oh no to DC please. United in 2020. <laughs> i use the word when very loosely
1: well i speaking of this because this is something that was on my mind looking through some of the lineups recently it looks like Dyla has tried to sort of manage the minutes by making subs within the game. You know, Matarita comes out, it seems like the 70th minute or so most games just to keep him fresh. Um, this game, obviously you're playing the team. It's the very last place it's midweek. So both teams have coming off of a game. They have a game on the weekend. Um, if there was a time to ever rotate your lineup, it might be for NYCFC. It might be Wednesday. Um if If that's the case, if Ronnie Diallo decides yes, I gotta rotate, who would you want to see getting getting some minutes uh getting their chance to prove themselves
2: um It would have to be uh Joe Scally, who is the another homegrown who's already um signed with uh Munch and Gladbach, so he's gonna be going there next season. Uh, or at the end of this season, for the uh, end of the MLS season. Um, he's probably someone, he came in, in uh, he had a couple minutes in the last game. The last game against Miami was, uh, you know, there were no goals in the second half, and there were five in the first. And it, it became this incredible defensive uh, battle, and, and and just who who had the energy to, like, finish out the mm-hmm. game. So he, he would probably be uh, someone I'm really looking forward to getting more opportunities. And it doesn't hurt uh, for, you know, and Gladbeck to just see their player play and play well and things like that so uh it's, it's just sucks because it, it would be a lot easier if there were if maxi morales wasn't injured if a bear wasn't injured uh um you know so and even ring got got a li- he took a knock in, in like two games prior uh so i i don't know i think that, this has been another issue with ronnie Dallas that he has also not rotated much he mm-hmm. keeps the g- guys in there you know, we have five subs, and you know he's not making the first change to like the 80th minute. He's done that a couple times, so I think he'll he'll. To be honest, I think he will try to keep the players on there for as long as uh, as possible. But I, I like look the the, the up front, Mitrita, uh Ishmael, Suraj Shradi, uh, Shradi especially has not really uh, gotten too many starts, and it's kind of probably. Been for this reason, this compacted schedule. So I think he's probably going to be someone that's going to probably either get the start or um, uh, or come in a little bit earlier than usual.
0: So one guy DC United has coming back from injury is Kevin Paredes. Yeah, uh, who who, who, <laughs> who like you uh, is Dominican in his lineage. Yeah. If he scores, if he gets his first MLS goal at Yankee Stadium, will you cheer? <laughs>
2: Look but uh, the Dominican me will have to. I there's nothing yeah, I, I, know, I mean it. you had him on the show is a
0: great <laughs> yeah. on your show. It was a great interview. Um I yeah, I just got to know if you will cheer that.
2: <laughs> I will yes I will. I'll I'll be honest. There's 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 too few uh dominicans succeeding in major league soccer or whoever <laughs> succeeding in, uh, in, in major league soccer for me to not celebrate that moment i mean i i did ju- i think i joked with him it might have not been on the air but i was just like yo can't wait to, for you to score your first goal don't do it against NYCFC, <laughs> but <laughs> i want to see you thrive my man um No, but it it would be just super cool. Like it was weird because I I got I got a bunch of messages after he did our show that it was like uh, like like Christian people like Christian was apparently talking to uh, his teenage hero or something like that or whatever. (laughs) But it was just so I was like geeking out so much just because it's just uh, look, I'm. I have, I, I do. Uh, I started doing a soccer. Po- I'm Dominican, doing a soccer podcast, then doing a, a a soccer television show. Like it shouldn't even be real that I'm doing this, right? <laughs> that we, I, like, my family is so detached from soccer; they don't even know what it really like. They don't really, they didn't grow up watching it, you know. They, in Dominican Republic, they call they call it balompié. They didn't even call it football. That's how different uh, uh, and foreign it is to them. So. Uh, but the fact that, you know, uh, Kevin uh, playing and playing well, like it's just so cool to see, man. It, it's just, uh, you know, to see someone that like uh, had a similar upbringing and, and culturally can relate in that way. And then, you know, he was saying it on the show as well. Like my family doesn't get what I, you know, they don't really get soccer. They just know I'm making money. So that's <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> uh, just in general, you, you you mentioned earlier that like
1: the way – fans for nycfc got to know ronnie Diallo's approach and everything you get introduced with four losses to start the year and people are not really it seemed to me back then that the response was like this sucks man uh this guy's no good um really really like kind of a lot of uh, almost like almost like a dc united level of anger at at first um with things turning around um do you do you ascribe that more to Good coaching, or is that just like a really talented group of players that have figured it out and are exceeding or succeeding? Maybe not in spite of him, but you know, he's just sort of there. Is it one yeah. or, or is it sort of between the two?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I mean, I, he's had his fair share of criticism that I think w- was deserved, especially early on in the season. Um, I think it took, uh, this is my guess. And I don't know, even though I, you know, I'm, I do a show for NYCFC and stuff. I don't know. I can only give my opinion. And I think the, 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 look, obviously the the lockdown, the 2020 is like, it's difficult to judge anybody super, super harshly. I, you know, except Ben Olsen, who's been there for very, very long. <laughs> so I think, I think it's fair there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> even though that might seem hypocritical, but the, uh, I, I think this, you know, him moving to a new country, also um, uh, the, the difference in coaches from Dome Toran to even like from Patrick Vieira to Dome Toran to to Ronnie Dyla, I think the the connection between like even say let's say the Spanish speaking players. Dome was able to really relate and connect, and and he he spoke multiple languages. He, he Dome Tarrant also speaks Portuguese, you know, mm-hmm. so he was able to relate to to the Brazilian players uh, uh, as well. Uh, I think that that disconnect um, might have affected the team early on, um, and I like I mentioned before about Alex Ring having you know having that team team talk and really telling everybody like you know we have to take more responsibility. Um, I think that that made a huge difference. So I think the players stepping up and not necessarily putting all the blame on the coach. Um, is is what kind of turned everything around, and it's interesting because when Dome Torrent left, and he left because he he was just frustrated with how NYCFC was run, and, and maybe he's not wasn't used to the fact that yeah you you you're a coach, but you can't just bring in any player you want in MLS. Mm-hmm. It's just not how it works. And he was even he even said when when it came to getting a bear, he he was like the eleventh choice in striker that he wanted, and it took him it took them like seven months to make that signing. And he was just like really frustrated with the whole process. And even though Ebert turned out to be a very good player and, and reliable, uh, he, he did say that it, it, uh, basically, like, it doesn't matter who the coach of NYCFC is, this team will do well. And which is a little flippant to say that because <laughs> it's, I wish it was <laughs> that simple. Yeah. But I think they, they, there is a, the, you know, the, the, the group that, was, that played so well last year and, and you know, made it to CONCACAF Champions League – was pretty much all there. Uh, so even bringing in a new coach, you can't make the, the excuse like, oh, we got a, a couple new guys, and they don't know what, what's going on. No, it's the same exact roster. They should uh, have been a little bit more uh, you know, prepared at the beginning of the season. But I think whatever changes were made, they, they figured it out, and they're on a pretty good uh, streak now. I don't know where they'll, they'll end up, but they, they seem uh, pretty reliable right now. You mentioned his name. Uh he's over there in, in Nice now. Do you think
0: Patrick Vieira would accept a call from a DC number, just hypothetically?
2: <laughs> I mean he doesn't not,
0: not necessarily job offer, just answer the call answer the phone call.
2: Sure. Um he I know he um is not he's not super like adored in Nice. He doesn't have, you know, the, the greatest of uh of results. Look, he's a great coach. Uh, I'm sure I don't, I feel like he's not interested in coming back to America, especially with, uh, (laughs) if you, if you watch the, you know, the, the, the COVID, uh, rates, uh, I don't think I don't think many people outside of this country are super interested in coming to work here.
0: Yeah. Not, not the best time to hire a (laughs) new coach. Yeah. Um, Stadium. NYCFC always, it's been you know, in the background of your existence, a permanent stadium that that has a a full sized pitch that you won't get mocked for. Uh, I've heard there's news coming. Uh, and curious, your thoughts uh, on on where that process is?
2: I mean, I'm I'm dreaming uh, like everybody else. I hope it happens. I have been there. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever gods you pray to, gentlemen, please spare a prayer for for NYCFC fans. <laughs> I I think uh so yeah I did see the the story in uh, I think it was the outfield um mm-hmm. and they um there's a lot of public information about the the bid that they're going to make and there's a you know the, the issue right now is like um really getting community uh, support um and and it's interesting because we uh, we were on a call with um uh the 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 well why am i forgetting his name the the uh, brad uh, brad sims brad sims uh from nycfc he is the um uh pre- president of the team and he basically said that there will be um he, he he was optimistic about this year i thought like because of quarantine and and uh the lockdown the uh, you know, I thought things were going to be different, the economy, all this other stuff. But apparently the, the, this is like a an opportunity for, uh, you know, new projects to, you know, people need jobs. Right. Um, so I think we're closer than we think. You know, I thought we were going to be delayed two, three years. And I think it's probably going to happen like a year or two sooner. So from that from based on that article, the, the issue right now is uh, there's a. a South of Yankee Stadium is where they want to put this, uh, put this uh, soccer stadium. But there is a highway ramp that, they would, that would have to be either removed or moved to a different location. I don't know if you guys know New York, it's quite dense, it's a little difficult to just move. Not a lot of places for highway <laughs> ramps, nah, even in know, the Bronx. Highway ramps, for some reason, take up a lot of space, okay? <laughs> they are a little <laughs> bit, okay, I wish they were like Lego pieces that just connected uh, to another location. It's a little bit more complicated than that, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's but the fact that we are seeing these like th- this public information and that the fact that we know kind of like what are the challenges for the team makes me feel pretty good that it, it it's that the 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 community can get a little bit involved. I know like last year I was always asking like who do what congressperson, what councilman or councilwoman do we need to email harass to get this damn stadium? <laughs> and uh, and there was a like a town hall meeting uh for the city council, and there were a bunch of NYCFC fans that went. Uh, and that's the kind of involvement that we need because I, I think a lot of times, um, uh, you know, a lot of fans are like they can complain about not having a stadium, but if people soccer, so you know, there's such a lack of respect for the sport that if, uh, if people don't know how important it is to people to be able to, to, to make that happen. So, you know, it, when it comes to getting a stadium, it, it's going to require community support. The team has to be very involved with the community. Uh, um, they, they're going to have to build other things, uh, whether it's public housing. They're going to have to they, it's not it's not simply, you know, give us a damn stadium. Um, so it, but it, it, I, I feel more optimistic than ever, especially after reading that report. Yeah,
0: I've been involved with that process as a fan. I I've testified in the past before the DC council about stadium. So Amazing. I've been there. Um okay. nothing but well wishes and, and good luck to you on that front. Uh mm-hmm. unlike on Wednesday when, when <laughs> DC United, <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face going through that. Um DC night is just so bad. I would add, my my traditional question to end these these chats on is is how would you game plan against your own team? If you were in the other side, I don't even know if I want to have you answer that. Cause I know DC United will not be able to execute it. <laughs>
2: oh, that's a, that's a good question. I, I would say the look, if, if you can, uh, if you can possess the ball,
0: you, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, <laughs> <nope>. <laughs> it's not going to happen.
2: That's NYCFC's real strength. Right. And if they play teams that are just good on the ball and can hold on to the ball and, and disorient us a little bit, that's that that would be the strength because nycfc is not really a counter-attacking team they're obviously capable but much more comfortable uh on the ball that's what i would say like if you can rattle the midfield james sands put some pressure on him make it difficult for him. maybe an early yellow things like that that's where that's where you uh that's your best chance
0: well, congratulations,
2: Christian, on <laughs> uh, NYCFC's I wish, win. i, wish, I don't uh, Well the, deserved. The, the game against NYCFC, the, the previous one, the, the, I, I don't understand why DC United are so bad all of a sudden. I, I feel like... I mean, they were not good in that game. They
0: kept, like NYCFC had a couple of pretty guilt-edged chances. They just didn't finish. They yeah. finished one of those, then everyone's talking about what a mistake Man. it was for DC United to park the bus... So thoroughly, like <laughs> not just park it, put it on blocks, and build a garage
2: around it. Uh Yeah, I don't get it. Is it Felipe's injury? Maybe that's what changed the team. I feel like after no, that, no, I think it's a
0: mental thing. Honestly, oh. that their players mm-hmm. are tired and checked out. Like it's Damn. just it's a broken team at this point, and that that's it. So uh right. we'll I'll see pour, if they can. I'll
2: pour some my El Hemador tequila water <laughs> for you guys. <laughs>
0: Christian, whoa, whoa, Mike got hot there for a second. Yeah. Uh, just in case some of our listeners are not following you or the Cooligans, where can they find you online?
2: Oh yeah, uh, follow at Soccer Cooligans on on all social media. We, yeah, we do our show on on Fubo Sports Network. So if you have Fubo TV, you can watch it there every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Or, uh, yeah, FuboSportsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel. We do a bunch of stuff uh, on all social media. So, uh, yeah, and uh, you can follow me at Chris Polanco on Twitter and Christian underscore Polanco on Instagram. So feel free to do that as well.
0: Find us, of course, at Black and Red U, at FilibusterDCU on Twitter, blackandredunited.com. Uh, and if you want to support us financially, patreon.com slash filibuster is the place to do that. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. When you want to commiserate uh, or, or you know, pre-congratulate an opponent on a victory, uh, <laughs> tell them about our show. That, that, yeah. This is where you can do that. Uh, for, for Jason and thanking Christian Polanco one more time, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason.
1: I'm looking forward to Wednesday's soccer game. (laughs) Me too.
0: (laughs) Thanks, guys.